Welcome back to another episode of Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United. I am one of your hosts, Seth Biddle, and coming up on this week's show, hello, goodbye. This is episode number 23 of our show, and we want to thank everyone for their continued support of what we are doing here, both on Twitch and with the podcast. Without you guys, we absolutely would not be where we are today. The podcast is constantly growing. Our Twitch numbers are going up. And uh, we just we want to continue to grow and bring you as much New Mexico United coverage as we possibly can. I want to thank everyone for being here. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. If you are here on Twitch with us, or if you're listening to us live, or if you're listening to us on the podcast, you can join us on Tuesday nights when we record live here on our Twitch channel. Uh, as twitch.tv forward slash slam gaming TTV. And you can be a part of the show by joining the chat, dropping in your questions, your comments. Jacob, Earl, and myself will read them out loud on the show. We'll answer them for you guys, and you guys will be help contribute to our show and what we do here every week. Uh, before we get into our discussion, uh, I do want to remind you guys that we do have a website over at dadventuresmedia.com. Jacob and myself, we do uh, written content over there. Uh, during this season, we do New Mexico United. We're going to try to do some off-season stuff here as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into our show right here. Joining me, of course, this week is my co-host, Earl Nieto. Earl, how you doing, my man? How is your – we haven't really – we haven't talked like like this in two weeks. We've been chatting through our group text. How have your two weeks been? I know that um, it's been a little bit busy around the state given the fact that we've gone back into lockdown. So it's been not a little bit busy. It's been really, really busy. So for the people that don't know, I am a state employee. Um, I am considered essential. If I can get paid as an essential employee, that'd be nice. But I am essential somehow. Um, so I am actually taking unemployment calls. I am helping people find jobs. I'm talking to businesses. And with all this new COVID shutdown, the new restrictions that went into effect, uh, my job got that much harder because now we are back on the unemployment line back on back on the downhill is what it seems like um so yeah so it's been pretty pretty busy and then we got a call today from the department of health saying hey we need your help um kind of like the good old um, um mary mylet we need your help uncle sam pointing at you do your job we are now being recruited to do COVID tests. Guess who's not a doctor or anything of that nature? This guy. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I I don't know what's gonna come from that. Um, I guess more details are supposed to be coming in the works before Thursday because we're off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. But somehow we've got recruited to assist with COVID tests and COVID calls, I guess. I don't, I don't know what's happening. So yeah, our, our busy lives got that much busier. Can't wait. Yeah. That just sounds like a boatload of fun there. Um, I mean, we've been fairly busy ourselves over the past uh, week and a half. You know, my wife, we found out that a number of her coworkers tested positive. My wife was exposed to someone who did test positive last week. Um, she went in and got tested. She, she was, she was sick for a few days. Um, but her, her test came back negative. Fortunately, 
so like we've still we we basically I think we've managed to dodge a bullet last week as far as that goes. Um, I mean I'm still home I'm still working, uh, and APS has now decided to push out the school uh, remote schooling another two weeks after the first of the year. So um, it's probably going to be coming down to what my job is going to do if they're going to allow us to continue working from home. But uh, they they seem to let like to wait until the last minute to make a decision which is really rather frustrating. And in fact, our company, and uh, because we are, we have employees in like five different States, they've actually started, they started sending people back to work back in like June. And of those folks, they're now sending some of those people back home uh, due to the spikes in COVID. So yeah, it's been an interesting couple of weeks and, you know, again, long weekend coming up I'm trying to get, make sure we got everything done here at my job. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a break and sit down and talk some soccer. Like, like I said, we've been chatting over the past couple of weeks, and we've got a lot of stuff to really get into, and, and we'll get into that. But uh, you know, I, normally we start off our show with a one-liner, and I don't, I want to keep that tradition going. So, Earl, my one my my question for you this week is, who's going to win Super Bowl? Who's going to win Super Bowl? Dallas Cowboys. Nope. <laughs> It's 2020, and somehow a three and seven team is still competing for a division. Right? It's absolutely insane that that's still going on. So yeah, Dallas Cowboys are not eliminated yet somehow. So yeah, Dallas Cowboys. It's because the NFC East is garbage this year. I mean, are they ever any good? I think they definitely have better years than than what they've been having. I mean, at least they're at least you're not the Cincinnati Bengals this year. You know, just lost Joe Burrow, torn ACL, MCL, and other. Oh man, and structural damage to the knee. Yeah, yeah. Try, yeah. I couldn't imagine you know, using number one pick and have him go down like that. I mean, I feel bad for him because he's really good. Yeah, he is. He's really freaking good. He has a good future. I I feel sincerely bad for the kid. I think he's an absolute upgrade over, uh, over the red rocket. You yeah, know, I, I, I think, know. uh, Andy Dalton, <laughs> as, somehow uh, won an football game this past Sunday. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys aren't much better than the Falcons at this point. If you could even, I honestly think, think the Falcons have a much, have much more talent on the field, but when you play in division with new Orleans, like the Saints are just gonna roll through everybody. I mean, Carolina's down. Tampa Bay is not doing well. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, Jacob. And uh, so, yeah, I just I don't see anyone beating the Saints out of the NFC South. See, but here's my take on it. Here's my take on the a- the NFC South. You are playing against. I mean, granted, you have PJ Walker now, but you were playing against at the time. Cam Newton, an NFL MVP. You were playing against Drew Brees and Sean Payton, who, without Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, is the greatest coaching quarterback duo in the NFL. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. So you have had bad luck in that division for the past however long... Drew Brees has been doing his thing. Yeah. You guys caught a break with, oh, well, okay. Well, he's 
Cam Newton's leaving. Cool. But guess what? Tom Brady is coming to the NFC South. So now you have to play against Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Tom Brady has recruited a freaking Madden Ultimate team. And Drew Brees is still hanging out with Sean Payton. Yep, that's true. Now, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Brady has not looked like Brady for the most part no. this season. Oh, he, he 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 lost to who was it? Uh, who did, who did, who did lose this? The charge? Was it the the, the Chargers this past weekend? He almost lost to the Chargers this Chargers. past weekend. Did they lose this yeah. past weekend? Yeah, yeah, they lost this past week. See, I I wasn't really paying attention this past week. I had something going on this past weekend. <laughs> and then then you know Breeze is out with you know multiple fractured ribs, could collapse yeah. lung. And Taysom Hill, of all people, comes in and tears up the Falcons. Which I did put something on Facebook. Um, it was a, it was a meme. I'm a, I'm a meme person these days. Um, it was Taysom Hill drops back to throw a pass. Taysom Hill throws it deep. Wait a minute. Taysom Hill catches a touchdown too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because like, you know, I do a lot of fantasy football and I, sadly, I have to sadly report my, my NFL fantasy, my NFL.com fantasy team fell for the first time this season. I'm now 10 and one on the year. I've still got a one or two game lead in the, in, in the hunt for the number one seed of the playoffs. And I was the only undefeated person in my league until this, until this week. And uh, Taysom Hill had tight end eligibility so people like were starting him all over the place, and he was available in like seventy four percent of leagues on ESPN.com. This of course past he was. Of course and he now, was. And now, and now they've taken away his tight end eligibility. <laughs> yeah, because they probably gave he, him like, can, running back eligibility or something. No, stupid. quarterback. They gave him quarterback only eligibility. So huh. the, uh, the 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 Taysom Hill era. I don't know. I don't know if they're. I don't know if we'll see the Taysom Hill era down in New Orleans, but. I certainly I think hope that I think they, they move on. All right, we've we've done enough. This is not an NFL podcast. We talk USL. We talk soccer. We talk everything here. It's crazy. We do. We really do. We we, we talk bees. We talk Mexican <laughs> food. <laughs> you know, it's uh, we're a variety show almost at this point. So you know, yeah. we want to bring people in from all walks of life to to Suncast. That's what we want to do here. We want to unite people. So. <laughs> Sure. Um, <laughs> so it the off season is like in full swing. We're we're seeing roster moves left and right. New Mexico, you know, over the course of the past week has uh, well, basically a week and a half has started releasing some roster news. Uh, we do have some re-signings, or should I say, guys who were already signed to a multi-year deal uh, that we have, have been announced. We've also seen some departures. So so far this season, we know that Kalen Ryden is returning. We know that Devin Sandoval is returning, and we know that uh, uh, Rashid Tete is returning. Those are the three returners we know so far. We talked a lot, you know, the past couple of shows about who might be going, who might be coming back. Do any of these three surprise you as, as being returning? Uh, yeah, actually, Rashid Tete returning. I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised that he returned. I am surprised that they announced him before some other of my beliefs to be returning. Yeah, I could see that. I, you know, I think all of us were pretty certain that, that Kalen was going to come back. We were all pretty certain that Devin was going to come back. 
and compared to some of the others, yeah, I could see where, where Tete might be one that you wouldn't really expect to be like an attention grabber early on. You have three people, three play or two players before Tete signed, and they're big names. Obviously, Kalen Ryden last year was a stalwart on the freaking back line, and then you have Mister New Mexico United himself, Devin Sandoval, um, and then you have. Not to not to diminish his name, Rashid Tete is a hell of a good player. You have Rashid Tete, who you have Rashid Tete. Yeah, no, I get it, and you know, I know Rosh definitely has a, like his solid following of, of fans, which I, which is great. And Rosh made such, Rosh made huge strides from season one to season two, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And right. so I I don't really think it was a surprise that he came back. But like you said, you know, when they announced him compared to some of the other names that we're kind of like leaning towards and hoping for, because at this point we know there's going to be another announcement tomorrow. But I think, I think what their, I think what their strategy is here is you've got we've already announced Kalen, of course, he was the first person announced. We know Kalen is on a two year was on a two year or is on a two year deal, I should say. We know that Rosh is on a two year deal. Uh, so this you know the uh, second of a two year deal deal here, so. Well, I mean, this will be going into his third year, I should say. I think what happened was after season one, they picked him up like a second-year option or signed him for a, a two-year contract at that point. Um, and then we know Dev is on a lifetime a lifetime yeah. guarantee. <laughs> yeah, we've said in our, in our group text that Dev is basically going to retire uh, from United and they're going to build a bronze statue outside of uh, whatever stadium we have at that point of Dev's likeness. I have to recant on that. Oh, okay. It won't be bronze. No, no, it will be the Devin Sandoval Stadium, and the statue will be freaking gold. <laughs> there you go. That's the way to do it. You know, De- Dev deserves that. You know, Dev is uh, Dev is easily probably probably one of the biggest fan favorites out here. And yeah, I just you know, we've talked about. It. I don't see him going anywhere. What captures my mind with Devin Sandoval and what catches my eye as well is the fact that, one, he's, my, my words probably tonight are going to be hell of a good. He, he's a hell of a good player. I mean, he was in the running for gold scorer of the year first uh, first season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with team captain or assistant team captain, whatever they deemed him this past season um he didn't let that get to his head he doesn't let the fan base get to his head he doesn't let the fact that he was the first player signed before freaking Troy Lesane um I'm pretty sure he built the team with Peter Trevisani he doesn't let any of that get to his head and he stays humble about it he will hop on Twitter and chat with the fans hang out with the fans he will do video games with the fans. He he is a super humble person, and I don't see him going anywhere ever. Yeah, Dev is one of the most one of the nicest people that like we've ever met. Not that there's anyone in the club that like that isn't a nice guy that that hasn't taken time out of their day to to talk to us or your time away from you know getting. Uh, getting dressed out after a match to, to sit, to come up to a presser and talk with us and stuff like that. And like you said, Dev is just like constantly like reaching out and doing stuff in the community and talking to fans. And yeah, I just, I, you know, 
I think the the fan base would just be absolutely devastated if he ever did leave, and that he you know he's always got a home here. I mean, a native you know a, a native son of New Mexico went to UNM, you know, a guy that's just like that's just the fa- he is the face of the club. Like he said, he was signed before the coach was. So yeah, I just it, I have had to be announced. Here's how I put Devin Sandoval, and it is a super super far stretch. But I put Devin Sandoval in the likes of LeBron James. LeBron James, 2003 through 2000, whatever year, where he was the face of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was doing all the all the grunt work. He was in the community as a young person. But then he broke millions of people's hearts when he left to Miami, which I'm a Miami Heat fan, so I wasn't really complaining. But he broke a bunch of people's hearts moving to Miami and doing his thing out there. I don't see Devin doing that, though. I don't. No, I mean, Dev's had, a, Dev's had his time elsewhere. You know, obviously, he went to the to MLS for a couple seasons, came back to the USL, and, you know, his, his, New Mexico is home, you know, and I just, I don't see, I don't see that ever changing for him. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we've got three really core guys from, from last year's squad coming back. We've got two very good defenders that, that are back in the saddle already. We've got our number nine up top, a guy that's known for his playmaking, for his hold-up ability, a guy that's going to cause mismatches up top. That being said, we have to get to the departures. Like We already know that Chris Weehan is gone. We, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, over the past week or so, it was announced that, of course, Romeo is leaving. His, his loan is up. He's returning back to, uh, back to Ireland, to the Sligo Rovers. We know that Ryan Williams, uh, I mean, I didn't think he was coming back, but I didn't expect it to be this way. Uh, Ryan Williams has decided to retire and attend seminary school. I commend him on that call. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's an incredible, incredible journey, incredible decision to make. Um, and so, well, I mean, we'll talk about him here in just a second. And then we found out today that Salih, who was someone that I absolutely thought was coming back, Salih has signed with Oakland Roots. Uh, their first signing as a club, and Salih is going home. He is heading back out west, going to be playing out on the coast. And so all, all the best to Salih uh, in his new journey with uh, Oakland Roots out there. Um, Does Oakland even have a coach yet? I don't know. I can look that up real quick. I don't think they have a coach yet. I think they – Devin Sandoval, Salih, which cool. I'm actually super excited for Sully to go home. I'm actually super excited for the Oakland Roots. I want to see what they do. They do have a coach, uh, Jordan Jordan Farrell. Okay. Let me pull up his information here real quick. I was going to say, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, let's see. Jordan Farrell is an uh, American soccer coach and technical director. Let me pull up his Wikipedia here. Um, played four years at Cal State East Bay for the Pioneers. He graduated from college, went on to play semi-professionally in Germany. He played for SG Quelfurth and the Landesliga Bayern Mitte and, uh, let's see, Ansbach in the Bayern Liga. So he played there. Uh, inspired him to get into coaching, began his coaching career while he was playing with Ansbach in Germany. And while he was playing with the first team, he took a job working as an assistant with the U-17 squad. And so this, he has, he does not, he has never held a, uh professional like 
head coaching position. Uh, he did coach for Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento Republic Academy from 2017 to 2019 and was an assistant with Oakland Roots uh, in 20, from 2019 through 2020. Uh, Oakland Roots, of course, was a, I believe, a NISA squad for last season. So uh, moved over to the USL and uh, Farrell is one of two African-American head coaches among the 82 professional soccer clubs in the U.S., so, yeah, big moves going on. Um, I mean, let's start with Sully. Sully is someone that, you know, I felt played like year two is obviously his best year for us. Um, I feel like he made significant strides in year two. I mean, he showed that he could play on the back line. He, we knew he could play midfield. And he just, showed, along with everyone else, he showed a tremendous amount of versatility. And I think that is, I mean, one of the reasons, of course, why other clubs are looking at him. And I don't blame Oakland Roots at all for for reaching out to him. And now one bit of this that I, I didn't catch at first, and I saw it after after that, uh, Salih went to Oakland on a transfer for an undisclosed fee. So that there is important because um, that that shows again Salih was on a multi year deal, um, or the, or because the transfer happened before the end of November. I don't know. I, I I'm assuming he was on a multi year deal here with the club. So United does receive some sort of compensation for Sully, which can't, which will be used to obviously, you know, further the signings for next season. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a good moving, a good move for Sully? Do you think he's going to be a significant loss for United? Both. It was a good move for Sully because he wasn't really seeing the playing time here at United, especially this past season with the amount of talent that we had going um because if you look at it there were some players that took a starting role last season and gave it up this season because of the talent that we brought in um so Salim moving to Oakland hopefully to I I would pray that he would be the staple of the back out there um, the, the back line out there. So, yeah, so Salim moving out there is good for his career because he gets to change the scenery. He gets to help lead a brand new club again to something incredible. Um, the same way he helped United first season. But it's also a huge blow for New Mexico because... Obviously, now there's another hole that we have to try to fill. Is there anyone off the top of your head that you could see possibly coming in to fill Sully's role? Or is that something that you think is going to take a little bit longer since it appears as though the season isn't going to start until May of next year? I'm assuming, and this is just my assumption, we all know how assumptions go. The first three letters. My assumption is Schmidty comes back this season. And with Sully leaving... That makes that's making room for Schmitty, um, which I would not be against. I would love to see Schmitty and Kalen play together and tear apart any attacking idea any team would ever try to throw at us. Um, that's my thought process on it, is they let Salih go because, one, they have someone in mind to fill that spot or two, they already have that person 
and he's going to fill that spot, which could be Schmitty. It could be Austin Yearwood. Um, it could be a number of people on our roster right now that can fill that spot. My best bet, and I'm not really a betting man, would be Schmitty. Everyone knows that we didn't get to really get to see Schmitty this year due to the injury that he has sustained. Um, and so I think that, like you said, Schmitty and Kalen back there beside each other, I mean, I, that's just going to tear people up. I mean, those are two big, smart bodies that are going to get in the way of defenders. They're going to disrupt attacks. And I think that could be a huge, huge defensive uh, core back there. I mean, I think Schmitty, uh, God, I mean, we give up Schmitty, Suggs, Kalen, Austin, Rosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's our pretty solid defensive defensive five right there. Even without Rosh, which I'm not downgrading Rosh at all. Um, obviously, United thinks very highly of him being the third player announced as a re-sign. Um, even before some New Mexico natives such as Schmitty, Suggsy, um... Even without Rosh back there, Rosh could play midfield. Um, Schmitty, Suggs, Yearwood, and Kalen. That right there, that right there is is a phenomenal back line. I would, if I was any club owner, I would kill for that kind of talent on a back line. That's not even taking into account on who's going to be your goalkeeper. Is it still Cody? Is it Philip? Is it? And Burry, like, who is it? That's going to be a huge offseason question mark right there. I mean, we still have no idea what's going to happen as far as that goes. I mean, we have two. We have we have three very talented keepers back there. Um, one of which we've only seen in a friendly. So yeah, it's a huge question mark back there. Uh, defense is already looking good. I mean, if we get, I say, if we even sign at least one more of these guys, we get a very good like starting position even heading into the season. Uh, as far as you know, securing the back line and you know making that core group that much stronger. Which I still think a good chunk of the core group from twenty nineteen comes back. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see a good I don't see many of those of those individuals taking off other than obviously Chris who went home. Salih went home. So that's the only determining factor is is that player going to go home and help out their home club. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely something to keep an eye on. Um so yeah, that's Salih Salih Slee, thank you so much for everything you've given to this club. Uh, we wish you all the best out in Oakland. Just when we play you, we hope you lose. Um, but yeah, Slee will be remembered, you know, for his for his efforts here the first two seasons. Uh, Romeo, of course, we know he was going to go back most more than likely at the end of the season back to back to the Seagull Rovers. Um, I don't probably will not be coming back on loan again, provided his uh, visa issues are taken care of. Uh, he'll be probably, he'll probably be playing over there for Sligo. I don't know what his contract status is with them, but on the Ryan, you know, Ryan here was one that I think you and I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. You and Jacob both thought was going to be coming back. Um, I thought he was going to be leaving. Um, I just, I didn't expect it to be this way. Like we said, he, Ryan is retiring to go to the seminary school. Um, 
what led you to believe that Ryan would be back next season? And are you surprised that he's not coming back? What led me to believe that he'd be coming back is the fact that he was a first year player in 2019. Um, I believe he was a rookie in 2019. I could be wrong. Maybe second year, 2019, but he was a young player in 2019. Um, he was re-signed 2020, and he had a substantial increase of playing time. 2019, we saw him maybe, maybe two or three matches, maybe four matches. 2020, we saw him in a good chunk of the 16 games we played. Um, so that's what kind of led me to believe that he'd be coming back, is the fact that he got an increase in playing time. Um... So yeah, so I did see him coming back. If he didn't come back, I expected him to go to a newer squad such as Oakland Roots or um, what is that East Coast, the East team that just built up too. There was an East team that just built up. Uh, Queensboro? Yes, Queensboro. That's who it was. So it's either one of those two that I saw him taking off to had he not stayed with United. Well, that being said, I did not expect him to totally mail it in. And I'm hoping it was his dream to go to seminary school. I can only hope that that was his dream. And with him getting some money to pay for that, by all means, go and live your dream. I have no, I have no hard feelings, broken heart or anything for a man trying to live his dream, especially a kid who saw the opportunity to, hey, I'm going to go be happy with what I want to do and have have the, the security in your heart to know, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to play soccer. I don't, I can turn this money in, whatever his contract was worth. Um, I do know on transfer, transfer market, he was like 110,000, whatever it was. Um, to be able to cash that money in and say, I'm done, I'm good, I give him amounts amounts of compliments for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ryan was uh, a big part of what we did last season. We saw he had, he had a lot of playing time last season. Or, I'm sorry, 2019. I'm looking at a website now, soccerway.com. I'm not familiar with this website at all. According to them, in 2019, Ryan played 937 minutes. And 15 appearances. Um, he then in 2020 had 324 minutes in 14 appearances. So um, he is, he was of course mostly used as a sub. He did get, I think one and maybe two starts this season. Um, there weren't too many options. You said 15 appearances in the second season. Uh, and no, 14 appearances this season and then 15 in 2019. Okay. Um, so even at that, you have to take into account that United only played a 16-game season. Yeah. So he was used in 14 of the 16 games versus 50% the first the first season. Yeah, he, he logged significantly more minutes, you know, in 2019. Um, so I think that's, even though he was only used in 15, 15 matches that first season, um, you know, yeah, I, I really, I wish him well. Um, and whatever he chooses to do. I mean, seminary is, I had a buddy of mine go through seminary school. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's a huge, huge step. Um, a huge, like personal 
undertaking for someone to do. Uh, you have to have like a you really have to have faith in in that. And uh, you know, all all the best to him. I mean, I just given the the lack of playing time he had, given uh, where he was at as far as like what I perce- what I perceived as a depth chart a depth chart was there in the midfield. Um, I wouldn't have been sur- I wasn't going to be surprised if he didn't come back. Um, but yeah, he was, he was someone that I know, I know quite a few folks that, uh, that were really hoping that he would be back for next year. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's always sad to see someone, you know, that's been with the club since its, incep- its inception, leave and walk away. But, you know, again, Ryan, we wish you, wish you well in everything that you do, wish you well in seminary school and that you just continue to follow your path then. All right, so that covers the United comings and goings. Uh, I know we've been talking a little bit about uh, different signings around the league. Uh, Earl, who stands out to you right now as having a pretty good offseason in terms of who they're re-signing or bringing into their club new this year so far? So it actually pains me to say this. It's a tie. It is a tie between... Phoenix sucks, and El Paso smells. The fact that Phoenix brought in nine of their core players, including reigning, two-time reigning MVP Solomon Asante, goalkeeper Zach Lubin. You go down the list and you you see stars cal- star caliber players that helped Phoenix last season coming back. One of those names obviously helped United 2019, helped Phoenix 2020, and I have no doubt in my mind that he will help Phoenix again 2021. And I I hate Santi for being so good. I hate him even more for taking off to a rival club. Um I love Santi as a human. I hate him as a player. And then El Paso bringing in at least three from what I saw today. They brought in Borelli. They brought in um, Aaron Modis. They brought in um, Carrijo. And I saw one just a while ago. I didn't really pay attention because I don't really pay attention to El Paso. Um, But they have some of their star caliber players coming back as well. So... Between the two, who's having a better offseason? I would probably say Phoenix because they brought in nine at one. So who else can they bring in? Um, <laughs> but the fact that El Paso is also throwing some wrenches in there by bringing, bringing back Carrijo, bringing back Borelli, bringing back Mares, bringing they brought back someone that's going to piss me off now that I don't know who it is. I don't know if I text you guys it or not. I don't think I did. Now you guys are you. Uh, you and Jacob are pretty quiet today in the chat. Yeah, I was. I was pretty freaking busy today. <laughs> I can pretty. imagine. But yeah, they brought in someone else that was part of their core, um, that pretty much put them back in the running for the Western Conference. Yeah, I think of all the signings I've seen so far, Phoenix Rising is definitely the biggest splash. You know, so far they're one of the few clubs that has basically come out and said, "All right, here's like a massive number of signings." Um, other club news is kind of like trickling out, and of course United is doing like one at a time. 
Um, I know last year there was a big reveal uh, when a bunch of guys were returning, but yeah, this year is a little bit different. I think they're kind of, I mean, I kind of, I didn't really think that we'd see anything until after Thanksgiving. And I mean, I guess technically like we've only seen three re-signings so far or three returning players so far. So uh, we're going to get, looks like we're going to get the, the vast majority of, of the roster after Thanksgiving. So I guess we're going to technically say I was right there, but uh, I just pulled up their Facebook now. Um, Leandro Carrijo, Edder Borelli, um, Dylan Modest. I call him Aaron Modest for some reason, but Dylan yeah. Morris, Maka King. Yeah, I mean, those are some interesting sign- re-signings there for El Paso. Uh, I think uh, Dylan Maras is going to be the biggest one for them out of that out of that bunch. Um, Maras is the guy that we looked at last season. We said, okay, this guy's a threat. We have to keep an eye on him. And we didn't really contain him too well. And so I think he's going to be a big re- a big player for them to come back next season. And like you said, you know, Phoenix Rising, of course, uh, great offseason for them. Um I haven't really, I haven't really paid too much attention to the Eastern Conference yet. Uh, I'm gonna be doing some digging here in the coming weeks, so hopefully I have some more, you know, some tidbits to throw that way here at, at that point. There have been a couple of things that have come up though that kind of made me wonder about some of these clubs as far as like where their gaps are gonna be or have they suffered a loss here. Now, one player in particular that we know is not returning in the Western Conference, at least not to this club from last season, is Junior Flemings. Phoenix sucks did decide to let junior Flemings go or they parted ways with him. Flemings of course was a subject of some controversy this year. Uh, do you see Flemings signing anywhere else within the USL or is he gone? He is gone from the USL. With that being said, he is in the MLS. I don't you think see, so. Yeah. I don't see him signing on to another MLS or USL squad unless he goes super far east, such as Queensboro or Inter Miami or something like that. Other than that, I see him taking this step up to MLS. Who do you think takes a chance on him? I would think Toronto FC. I would say Seattle Sounders. It's going to be a club that can take that kind of risk mm-hmm. and pay the price for it. Such as teams not trying to rebuild their name, such as DC United or Houston Dynamo. It's going to be a team that's already pretty set in where they're at, um, such as Toronto FC, who was, who are playing in the uh, Eastern Finals or something. They're in the playoffs. I know they're deep in there. Um, I want to say the semifinals, maybe Eastern finals, one of the two. I don't know where they're at in MLS. Um, or Seattle Sounders, who won the dang thing last year. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if a club takes a chance on him, given everything that happened this year. He, he's certainly a, a talented enough player to play at that level. But does anyone want to pick that up? Do they want to take the, the chance? Or, I mean... Maybe he goes overseas. I, where he would go, I don't know. But uh, he, he's certainly a talented enough player to to be playing again in 2021. It's just a matter of where and who's going to take that chance on him. So my thing about that is if a club is looking at Junior Flemings and that club passes on Junior Flemings, 
That club is crazy. Yeah. Because, yes, even though Junior Fleming's played in Phoenix Rising, yes, Junior Fleming scored four goals on New Mexico United. Junior Fleming's is a superstar. He has the caliber to play in MLS. He has the caliber to tear the MLS apart. Um, whether that's good or bad for him, he can do it. And whoever passes on the opportunity to bring in a superstar needs to reevaluate themselves as a human. Yeah, a lot of good points there. Really, uh, really, really are a lot of good points. Yeah, again, it's just yeah, he, he's a super talented player. If he doesn't get picked up, I'd be surprised. But you know, I think the thing that, that clubs that are looking at him are going to say, you know, is he worth the risk? Is this something that's going to happen again? I I would hope that he's learned from his mistake and, and moved on from it, and it won't happen again. And whoever does sign him is going to going to get a quality player. Uh, it's just you know, you, you never know. In today's cancel culture society, you just you just never know what's going to happen. So more than likely, he has learned his his lesson. I mean, if you look at every superstar, you can go to MLS, you can go to NBA, you can go to that, you can go to whatever professional sports deity you want to follow, and you have your superstars that have made a mistake. You have Greg Hardy in the NFL. He was a superstar for the Carolina Panthers. Made his mistake with his fiance, ex-wife, whatever he was. Landed on Dallas Cowboys and became one of the sack leaders that season. You have Kobe Bryant, who is one of my all-time favorite superstars in any sports league. Made the mistake of finding himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jacob, welcome. Welcome, sir. Um, Found himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Paid for it in court, paid for it in losing, almost losing his marriage, never found himself in that position again. I do feel that Junior Fleming's learned his lesson and will take the next step to maturity in the MLS. All right. So if you just heard that little ping there, that was our uh, our, our co-host, Jacob Terrell, joining us. Jacob, uh, we know that you were stuck down in... Uh... And, and uh, I think he said Roswell today, finally back. Glad you could join us. Um, we're just uh, talking uh, biggest signings from around the league. Um, who do you feel like has made a, great, a big offseason splashes so far? As you were saying, I was in Roswell. Part of me completely forgot that we were supposed to record tonight. Part of me remembered, but we did a Walmart pickup order. Because trying to get into a Walmart right now is absolutely insane. So I had to go pick that up. And my grandmother on my dad's side of the family here in Fort Sumner passed away last weekend. So we are doing the funeral tomorrow. And so my real dad is in town and he drove with me. So we were able to talk and catch up and stuff like that. So it, I probably could have been back in time had I didn't have him with me and we weren't talking and chatting and stuff. So, but anyways, I'm here now. No worries, man. So sorry. So sorry for your loss, man. It's okay. Um, I really didn't know her 
it's just a different side of the family that I, I remember coming to her 80th birthday. She was, she was 98. Um, when she passed away last week. So I came to her 80th birthday almost, almost 20 years ago. And she didn't know who I was then. So we were never really close, but I do, obviously I'm, I feel bad for my uncles and aunts and stuff and my dad, but um, I appreciate it. Anyways, where were you guys? I heard you talking about some of the biggest signing. Yeah. We were, we were talking about uh, what the different clubs have been doing in the off season and who we felt had made a, a big splash so far outside of United. Oh, let me do a quick recount of what I know that has happened recently. I think Phoenix bringing back the majority of their guys is, was a smart move for them, obviously. Obviously, I'm partial to Weehan going to Orange County. I think that's a good move for them because I think he's a heck of a player that'll do good for them. Other than that, I can't think of a whole lot of moves. Like I, I love that we brought Kalen back. I think that's a huge signing. And other than that, I, I can't think of any... Any new faces going to new places? Uh, obviously, we just learned this afternoon that Salim Muhammad was going to Oakland. Yeah, we had mentioned that earlier, and uh, Salim was just a huge part. Um, I mean, what What are your recollections on him? What do you think is going to be most missed about him here in New Mexico? I just love his attitude, man. I remember last year. I don't remember what game it was, but it was after a win. And I was standing above the tunnel where the players leave the field and go into the locker room. And I was taking pictures of them down there. And Salih comes through and he sees me taking a picture and he just stops dead in his tracks and puts up the 505, big old smile on his face. And, uh, and then away he went, um, on the field. I, he was versatile. You know, we, we played him at center back. We played him at, defensive mid we played him kind of all over the place in the center of the field and and he did really well for us so we're gonna miss that versatility for sure and then i don't i don't know how you can mention his name without mentioning the absolute worldie that he had coming out of the break after covid and playing Colorado springs that just insane shot that he had then that's probably the best goal i've seen outside of like a Zlatan goal. Well, I don't know if you know this, but apparently Ibra is uh, mad at uh, EA Sports right now. Why? Apparently apparently uh, he he didn't realize they were using his likeness, and he's upset about that. Uh, so the, the next question I was going to ask uh, Earl before you hopped on here was, we've we've talked a little bit about signings around the league. There haven't been too many like new signings or players switching clubs so far. What do you feel is the biggest loss for a club so far this offseason? Um, the biggest loss, I think, is, I mean, obviously, Reno folding. That's probably the biggest loss. I think if I'm looking at a player, it's it's either, I think i got to go Weehan leaving us. Like, he was such an important part of, of our offense last year, and he's going to be... He's going to be tough to replace. Um, he was 
I think he was our MVP or should have been our MVP if he wasn't. And, you know, losing him and losing his versatility on the offensive side of the pitch is just going to be, it's going to be tough to replace, like I said. So I, I can't think of anybody, anybody else from any other teams leaving that team uh, that I was really like, oh my goodness, that's going to be hard for them, at least at the moment. As I mentioned, Phoenix bringing back most of, the, most of their players. That's really all the news that I have seen, for the most part. I've seen a few people re-signing here and there, but the only official official loss that I know of for sure is Weehan. That's that I feel is going to be the biggest hard one to replace. So for me, it's actually not a player. It's a coach. Alan Coke, Cock, mm. whatever, however you're... Yeah. Uh, suddenly resigned from Colorado Springs FC, Colorado Springs Pittsburgh FC, uh, on the 14th. And he, he, he resigned stating uh, it was due to uh, personal priorities and family reasons. Uh, you know, his first season, of course, it was abbreviated due to COVID. He went 2-7-7 seven seven as a head coach there. Um we looked at it as an, a greatly improved Colorado Springs squad over the 2019 campaign. They definitely looked better as far as the eye test goes. And for him to suddenly resign was just a massive loss for them. And now the news came out that he's signed for FC Edmonton of the Canadian Premier League. So I don't know if there was necessarily uh, family and personal reasons. I think it was maybe a, uh, a different job that prompted him to leave. But I don't know. To me, that to me, that's gonna be one of the biggest losses this season. Is what happens to Colorado Springs? Do they regress, or do they still make improvements going forward in twenty twenty one? Yeah, that's a good call there. I hadn't thought of that uh, from that aspect. Um, but he's definitely. I mean, I remember when they signed him. He was he was one of the reasons why I was so high on them coming into this year. This past year was they had a real coach that. I thought could do something and he had success there in Cincinnati when Cincinnati was part of the USL. So um, that is a big loss that will be interesting to see what they do there and and if they can continue to try to build and, and become something that's better. All right. So any closing thoughts on signings or departures this year? Cause uh, before I move on, I know Earl had uh, something that he wanted to talk about tonight. I don't know if, if it might have been if it was asked earlier. I uh, forgive me, but um, is there anybody out there that didn't play for us last year that is realistically somebody we could sign that you would like to see? Yes. Okay, Earl. I said realistically. So <laughs> when you throw this name out there, oh yeah, it is real. Okay, he is currently in the USL, so he's not on okay. a super. Crazy contract okay um he does have new mexico ties i mean he does have jerseys hanging up in the paleta bar was he, sergio riva yeah okay i think that's a lot of new mexicans most popular answer and it's not even the new mexican answer. it is a it's a skill set answer i mean he's super talented he can definitely fill the hole that bees left See, maybe it's I, I'm not as familiar with him as, as some people are because I didn't watch him when he played here before. I've just my only experience with him has been the two matches last year that we played against Reno. 
and and then the few matches that I've watched Reno play this year outside of that. And I could see him being half of Weehan. I can't see him replacing Weehan. But that might just be me not knowing him as well as as you or or others in the New Mexico community might know him. So here's here's my take on that is who was Weehan before he came to New Mexico? He was the rookie of the year for his year in Reno in 2018, I think it was. So he he had talent, or he was very accomplished in his first couple years in the USL. So I haven't seen that kind of level of play from Sergio Rivas yet. I I have to say it has something to do with his head coach. I mean, and it we might. saw Weehan take two steps forward from year one to year two with us, mm-hmm. I can see Sergio Rivas doing the same thing. For one, Sergio's young. He's not crazy old. Right. He, so he has room for improvement. And I think having the right head coach and the right locker room around him can do that. Yeah. And that I, I think a lot of people could come into our, system and our culture and our organization and and become better um so that i i don't doubt that i he would just be coming in not nearly as sought after or accomplished as Weehan was when he came in and so he could replace Weehan in the long run i don't know if he could replace Weehan next year if that makes sense my guy, and it's not on the offensive end, um, and I don't think it's going to happen because I think he's going to be back with Austin Bold, but it's uh, it's Ish Jome. Um, played for Colorado Springs last year, or year two years ago in our first year, and then he went over to to Austin. I saw that I saw on Austin's Instagram feed that they did like a fan vote for Defender of the Year and MVP and all that, and he won their Defender of the Year. Um, he was just somebody that I always liked in Colorado. He, I liked him in, in the few little bit that I saw of him last year in Austin. And, um, and I think he would, he has a little bit of versatility, I believe to play a little bit in the midfield too. So I thought he would have been a good and good addition to, to our back line. And I know we talked earlier, uh, in text messages about, um, what the back line was going to be when they announced that Sheed was coming back. So we've got Sheed and we've got Kalen coming back. And um, I argued that they were probably going to bring everybody back. But even if you bring everybody back, it was a back line that was pretty thin last year. You know, we, we lost Manny throughout the year. Uh, we had several injuries that kind of derailed us. So I, I think that we could use some backline depth. Um, if anything, just to replace Manny's roster spot and go from there. So he was who I would like to have seen. Um, I haven't seen an announcement officially from Austin that he's coming back, but um, I have a feeling he will. So that's kind of my guy. Seth, you got anybody? I have a name, and it's someone I've mentioned before. Now, how this player could potentially come here might be a little bit tricky. I don't know yet, but earlier, I'm sorry, yesterday, Atlanta United announced they were releasing a number of players or declining options for a number of players. 
including Andrew Carlton. Mm-hmm. The U.S. national team under-20 uh, star, guy who struggled a little bit in Atlanta, played pretty well for Indy 11 last season, has been has had his option declined for 2021 by Atlanta United, and will go through the MLS end-of-year waiver process. Now, the way that works is that on December 14th, that list of all eligible players will be released to every club, and then the MLS end-of-year waivers have a process on December 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Now, there is basically a draft in the way that this works. Uh, any player that's on this waiver list uh, goes through, uh, I believe it's, uh, how many rounds is it? I'm trying to figure out how many rounds it is. Um, I don't see here what it doesn't say on this website, on the MLS website, it doesn't say how many rounds it is. Um, but any players not selected in the MLS end of your waiver draft is then basically put on basically a free agent, basically. And it says can be picked up by any MLS club. Now, whether or not that applies to USL clubs, I don't know. I don't know if a USL club would have to wait until after this draft in order to sign one of these guys. But Andrew Carlton is an exciting, he's 20 years old. He's a young attacking player who could fit right there in that false nine role. Like that that ten that ten role, you know, drop back, drop in, and, and get in there. You play, you can fill that bees role. Now he doesn't have quite the build that bees does, but he's very good going forward. He's a super talented player, and I think a fresh start for him somewhere would be a tremendous thing for him to do. Now a young player like that who could be molded by someone like Troy. I don't know. I don't. I like. I like the sound of it. I, I think Andrew Carlton could, could come out here and play a significant role. Who do you think the silhouette is of that they're going to announce tomorrow? I think they did a much better job uh, of obscuring the hair this time. Uh, so I don't know. I would like to see Mondo, but we, we keep we keep saying Mondo is going to come up. It hasn't yet, but I think that'd be a great way to. Uh, head into Thanksgiving is with a Mondo announcement. Earl, who's your thought? I'll be happy with anyone but Juan Pablo Guzman. <laughs> you just have to get your shots in on Juan Pablo every every episode, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Until he's no longer with us, I will keep taking jabs. Um, but I was just looking at the silhouette now. If I want to take a wild, wild guess, I want to say Mondo. I, I think it if it's not Amando or Suggs, I would be shocked just going off of the silhouette. And then those are the two, two guys that I think are the next two that are going to be announced that I think are almost guarantees to come back. I'm assuming Amando's on a two year like Kalen was. I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that. Um, so what I, what I'm seeing just doing some research is Pretty much all the second year signings, the 2020 signings, were two year. I mean, Santi's on a two year in Phoenix. Dadashoff was on two year in Phoenix. Um, Kalen's on a two year over here in New Mexico. I couldn't see why Mondo wouldn't be on two year. Yeah, yeah. so I, that's what I'm leaning towards. I I don't know if it's going to be him or Suggs tomorrow, but I think those are those two will be coming up. Um, uh, 
in the next week or so where they get announced. When do we get our first new signing? Like, I've heard it through the grapevine that we have one already. Um, but when do they make an official announcement on a new signing? December. Uh, it's, yeah, it'll be around Christmas time. It's going to be a Christmas gift. You think they're going to wait that long? I and, think so. And oh, yeah. It's a long off season. It is. Yeah, we talked about it the other day because I was frustrated by this. Who's the next one returning? Who's the next one? With last year, all they, they put them all out. There was like 13 of them. They were just like, hey, these 13 are coming back. And it was awesome. It's awesome to just know that those 13 were coming back. And it's very annoying that they're not doing that this year. I think they do it the same way as what they did last season, where they'll get through all their re-signings and then decide on who they sign. Um, with you saying that they have signed already, they're going to wait until until all the re-signings are done and then throw it in there. At this rate, though, if there's, if there's 12 or 13 re-signs, then it's going to be weeks, and I just don't understand. I don't, I don't like it, okay? I just don't like it. It's all about that social media presence. It is, and I get that, but I just want to know, man. I just want to know. Like, you and everyone else. But what David Carl put on Facebook, David Carl did comment, because obviously he works for United, that the next couple of weeks... Because someone commented how he how they hate the stretched out re-signing period and they wish it was just over and done with. And David Carl said it'll be a long next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for I understand why they're doing it. I understand that it's you know, they get more interaction when they spread it out like that. They I understand all of it. It's just I think it goes to my broader problem with USL and their contracts in general is just not having it be knowledge of who's on two years, who's on one year, who makes this, who makes that. It's something that I'm not used to because every other league that I've ever followed, their contracts have been public information. So um, it it's taken me a lot to get used to that. And I was happy that um, I was able to find out that it was going to be Rashid announced before it was actually announced, but it was only a couple hours before. So I just, I need them to get it out. You could have leaked it. I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it long and hard. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, like, we, no, we want to, like, if anyone from the club is listening, like, we obviously, like, we take our, our, our role in communicating with the club and anything that's directed to us as far as media, media embargo, we, we do not release information. Like, and like, maybe we talk amongst ourselves, but, we we do not share information before it's available or before it's uh, before it's told, and that's something we take seriously. Um, and like you know, and, and to go, I understand your frustration. Like it, it's on on all aspects. Like it, it's a common thing. Like if you look at if you look at our buddy Harry, uh, his Twitter, like he's constantly saying you know, we we need more transparency in the USL and mm-hmm. and the contracts and you know in the well, you know, what players are making and, and things like that. And I absolutely agree with that. Like, it would be nice to know, okay, this player is on a two-year or this player is on a three-year. And we know that, like, we know that most contracts in the USL from what from what we've heard in the past are, like, one-plus option or two-year deals at, at most. And I don't know if you caught it in, in the Salih announcement, but Salih was an actual transfer. 
it wasn't uh he didn't go on a free it was it was an actual transfer and united received an undisclosed fee for that so yeah transparency would definitely be a good thing and i understand wanting to get all of the signings all at once to get it all the way last year was nice i think i think last year coming into the 2020 season was big because you want to show that we're keeping a, a large core of the club returning and we already know that there's going to be a, a, a significant number of people coming back in this year. And, but it's just one of those things like the club is so good at social media engagement by, by continuing to do this, you know, it continues the conversation. It, it continues keeping United, you know, every couple of days people are going, you know, they're refreshing the pages, you know, they're, they're looking at Facebook, they're looking at Insta, they're looking at Twitter and it's driving those views. And I think, it is building some excitement towards those newer signings, even by doing this and when people are frustrated by it. So I, I get what the club is doing. I think that, you know, Lucas cash and those guys are just, they're, they're going to, they've got, they've figured it out. If you ask me, they, they figured out what to do. You know, Lucas cash, obviously the director of innovation for the club. Uh, you know, they're going to keep people coming. They're going to, and when something happens, when we get that big new signing, you know they're gonna they're gonna hype it up. It's gonna be big, and people are gonna you know want to come back, and people are thirsting for it already. So, I think they're on. I think they're uh, on the right path here. All right. So, Earl, you wanted to talk about something here uh, before the show. Uh, you've got something behind you in the background there on your TV. I can't quite make out what it is. It looks like possibly a soccer pitch. Mm-hmm. So I have been hyping since. I want to say yesterday, possibly day before yesterday, um, something dropping on Thanksgiving Day at 4.30. I believe it was day before yesterday. Um, with that being said, the hint for that post, we did do another little teaser today. The hint for that post is New Mexico Runners. So if you could put one and one... And then today's one together, you have five. I don't know how, but it is 2020 and somehow one plus one plus one makes five. Um, if you look at all the posts, there are some pretty good details and pretty good hints. And you should be able to guess it. Um, if you cannot figure it out, then I suggest and I highly suggest you tune in Thursday afternoon. Go ahead and turn off the Dallas Cowboys game because you're probably going to be losing at that time. Um, you have nothing better to do because you'll be in a food coma. So might as well pick up your phone like you want to. Tell the in-laws to be quiet. And go <laughs> ahead and check out our Facebook page at 430. We have something cool going on. Now, does this have anything to do with the audio file you sent me over the weekend? has everything to do with the audio file. Um, so if that is already dropped, you can go break the news on the podcast and listen to that if that's already dropped. If not, Thursday cannot come soon enough. No, so I'm actually going to edit that into the podcast here. Uh, I am, let's see, today's Tuesday. So I actually am able to get off work a little bit early tomorrow. So I will have podcasts done and edited and dropped tomorrow night. So that news will be out uh, tomorrow evening. Perfect. That works. 
So, so can we hint at this audio file, or is this all you want to give away so far? No, we can hint at the audio file. That's no problem. Um, that's absolutely fine. No problem. All right. Wait. So, guys, uh, we're, we're kind of hinting at it. If you want the uncut edited version and the video of that audio file, that can be found on Thursday. All right. Very cool. So, uh, Earl had a chance to sit down uh, with a member of the New Mexico Runners and have a little chat. So we're going to have that added here to the end of the show. Um, is there anything that we can, like, if anyone's interested in finding out more about New Mexico Runners, Earl, where can they go? You can actually go to nmrunners.com, I believe is the website. nmrunners.com. That is wrong. <laughs> here I go with my Donald Trump spillings. New Mexico Runners Pro Arena Soccer Team. So NewMexicoRunners.com. And that's where you can find everything New Mexico Runners. Um it there is some breaking news in that podcast and in the in the sit down to where it sounds like there won't be a 2020 season or 2020 whatever season they're in right now. Um, they're hoping for something, but it doesn't look likely. But I guess we'll see. All right. So there you go, guys. Team and I on Facebook on Thursday at 4.30 p.m. for some news there from, from Earl. Uh, we're going to have uh, his, uh, his audio file edited into this week's podcast as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Uh, in terms of like big news we we talked about the signings talked about the departures uh we talked about some of the bigger stories from around the league as far as like who we think might cause an impact um yeah i mean do you guys have anything else that you want to throw into this week's show before we get out of here so i just want to make sure that i haven't missed anything so we've got kaylin devin and sheed announced to come back yes with another one coming tomorrow that i'm thinking is probably Suggs or moreno and then we have now we know so has gone weehan's gone romeo's gone and ryan Williams retired right yes so that's all we it's all the news we have so far and then um uh tottenham's top of the table <laughs> yeah that's all i got guys Earl, how's the Bundesliga looking? Oh, the Bundesliga is looking like I didn't watch it this past weekend, so God only knows what happened. I know Gladbach had a draw. I can tell you that Byron drew with... Oh, I don't know the team they drew that he drew, they drew with, but they were a team that just came up from the lower league, uh, and they drew with them. And Dortmund won, and Frankfurt... Is not in last place. I think they won. I'm pretty sure they won. They play Dortmund. They play. They play Dortmund next weekend or this coming weekend. So I'll be watching that. So no, so. Frankfurt actually drew to RB Leipzig. One. Oh, one. that's right. One one. Yeah, I remember that. Um, they drew with VFB Stuttgart. Two two. Um, we do decide to get our ass handed to us on December fifth. Because we play 
Borussia Dortmund. Yes. So we 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 might as well not even show up. I don't know. Dortmund Dortmund kind of plays down with their competition a lot of the time. So so it, it might not be. It just depends, man. Have you guys watched any of Dortmund this year at all? No. I've watched a couple of their matches so far um, because I, obviously they're, they're on ESPN Plus, so I tend to catch a, at least a little bit of them. Uh, the matches that I've watched, they look pretty good. They, I just so Gio Reyna, who's an American, I like watching him because he's an American and he's seventeen and he's starting for the second best club in the Bundesliga. But they're a freaking striker, man, Erling Holland. He's just fun to watch. He's like by far my favorite player to watch in the world right now. He is just, he scored four goals on Saturday. He scored two more today in a Champions League match. Um, of course, we had the international break, so I don't I don't think Norway played um, over the international break. I think they had a COVID situation or the teams that they were supposed to play had a COVID situation, but this dude is just, he's a blast to watch, man. He's 19, 19 or 20. And the joy that he plays the game with is just incredible. So I, I if you get a chance, just watch for him. Don't watch with a fanhood for your team against this team or anything like that. Just watch what he does and how he plays and how incredibly fun and talented he is. And he's, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch. Holland is killer in FIFA 21. He, it's because he's uh, amazing. Yeah. I, he, I saw he's really good. he scored two goals yesterday, like I said, in the Champions League match, or today. Maybe it was today. Two goals today, and that was his 15th goal. Those were his 15th goals in all competitions, I think. No, no, 15 goals in 13 Champions League games or Champions League matches. He was the fastest 215 goals by far. Um and he's just in you watch that Saturday match when they played he was everywhere and just I think he had four goals in the span of 33 minutes or something like that. Like he's insane. According to Wikipedia, he has 17 goals in all competitions so far this year. Yeah. <laughs> which is insane. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. He's just a goal-scoring machine. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Borussia is going to be good this year. Uh, Bayern, obviously, is going to be good. Uh, Bundesliga is going to be fun to watch. Like I've really enjoyed watching Bundesliga this year. And even just their broadcast, like there's some interesting stats they put up, put up on the screen. Like I was watching one of the matches the other day and it showed um, the top three, like fastest players on the pitch. Yeah. I was like, are you serious? Like I would never, I would never see, a, you would never see like an MLS broadcast do that. Like showing like, the fastest guys on the pitch. I'm like, that's insane. Like that's, that's really cool that they do that. And then they show like, they show like player movement and things like that, like average position and then all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, it's so informational. It's so, it's such a good learning thing to watch. So if you have ESPN plus, I cannot encourage you enough get up on Saturday and Sunday mornings and go watch Bundesliga. Like it's so much fun to watch. And then by the time that's over, you can switch over to Peacock and watch some premier league or something and be like bored to death. So Saturday, my Saturday, 
this past Saturday, I woke up at 7.30, I think, or 8, somewhere in there. I watched Byron play until 9.30. And then I had an hour where nothing was on. And then Tottenham played from 10.30 to 12.30. And then Dortmund played from 12.30 to 2.30. So from 8.30 to 2.30, it was just nonstop fun soccer. Must be nice. Uh, yeah, so one last bit of news before we get out of here. Uh, so you guys, we've been talking about the EUSL championship off and on throughout the season. Um, it is a, is a player-driven USL supporter FIFA league. Uh, our se- second season just ended this past week. Um, I finished third place in the League One division, so I am automatically getting promoted to the championship division which is the next one up. Uh, then there, above that is the Premier League. Uh, so uh, it is a multi-tiered uh, league. Uh, if you are brand new, or if, you're, if you are a FIFA 21 player and you are interested in joining the EUSL, you can reach out to at underscore EUSL on Twitter and get signed up. It is a like a 12-week uh, long league. Uh, this will be our, our third season starting here, uh, I think, at the first of the year. And what's going to happen is uh, if you do not have 21 yet, that's okay. You're going to have a few weeks uh, to where you can still play on FIFA 20. But I believe it's on January 3rd or somewhere around there. They, they're encouraging everyone to be switched over to FIFA 21. So, again, if you're a FIFA 21 player, you're interested in being part of this, at underscore EUSL on Twitter. Uh, you can join the league. It's a lot of fun. Some a lot of really cool guys. A lot of like I said, they're all USL supporters. Uh, now there are a few others like that are like just lower league uh, supporters. Uh, if you're interested, do that. Uh, can't encourage you enough. I will not be doing that because I have sick of video games. But hopefully, we can get some more people in there and and grow a little bit more and and have some fun there. I think I'm good, guys. Ain't got anything else. So. I'll uh, open it up to Earl for his final words. My final words is have a happy Thanksgiving, a safe Thanksgiving. Um, If you don't have to go stand in line at Walmart, don't. Um, Trust me, the toilet paper will be there next week. Yeah, just have a good Thanksgiving and be safe. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. If you are here in the state, obviously, you know, we are in a lockdown. So please stay safe, stay healthy, stay home. Like, if you do not have to go out, don't do that. Like, we're doing everything that we can to to keep ourselves isolated as much as possible. We want to stay healthy, protect our family and loved ones. And we encourage you all to to do the same. Uh, Whether you agree with the lockdown or not, I mean, the state is just exploding in numbers right now. You know, keep yourselves healthy. Keep those around you healthy. And have a great holiday. Yeah. Um, you know, Thanksgiving is in two days. Um, me and my family have decided to just go to our cabin over in Daddle and uh, spend it with each other. Um, so it's tough. You know, this, my grandma, we just talked about how my grandma on my dad's side just passed away. My grandma on my mom's side is in her 80s and, um, still alive and kicking, but with COVID around and everything like that, you just never know. So, so it's tough not spending it with her 
um, and trying to not to bear the thought of it being her last one, if it is. Um, and so that, that kind of sucks, but, um, at the same time, it, in order to ensure, not ensure officially, but to make it better odds that she isn't, uh, this isn't her last one. We're going to stay away and, and do our thing, especially because Fort Sumner has kind of had a, an outbreak of sorts the last couple of weeks. So we're just going to do our own thing. And then, uh, we, we are going to a hotel room on Saturday night because it is my mine and my wife's anniversary and we're going to get rid of the kids for a little while and they're going to stay with my mom, but um, we won't be gallivanting throughout the town and spending it in big groups or anything like that. So uh, stay safe out there. Have a happy holiday. Um, we'll continue to see the United news pour in and see who's going where and and who's coming back and hopefully get some new faces that we can brush up on and learn and see who they are. And, and then this time in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll have some inf- more information for you guys and we'll be back to talk about that. Don't forget um, Thursday at four 30, uh, checking out our Facebook page to see what Earl has cooking over there. And um, until next time, guys, it's almost the news. Hey guys, Seth here. Normally this is the point where you'd hear our closeout music from Jeff2 over on YouTube, but we have a special treat for you this week. Recently, Earl had a chance to talk to Casey Gasson, goalkeeper for the New Mexico Runners, about the future of the club and get a few more insights from him. Uh, so guys, stick around, take a listen, and we will see you guys next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for another stop on the on our tour of the New Mexico Runners, New Mexico's only soccer team represented in the Major Arena Soccer League, also known as MASL. If you remember a few weeks ago, we interviewed club owner Andres Trujillo, but moments after we challenged our guest tonight, the first player signed to the club, team goalkeeper Casey El Loco Gasson, to a shootout. He would only accept that challenge if I took on team mascot Rio the Roadrunner in an impromptu shootout in which I, I lost um, with a little help from Casey himself. Tonight, I accept that defeat, but I am super excited to have Casey on with me tonight. Casey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Doing good. I, as well, 
and I'm sure a hundred of people, hundreds of people are not familiar with who you are. Can you let us know who you are and how you came to becoming the face of New Mexico Runners? Uh, so I pretty much grew up in Albuquerque. I went to school in Albuquerque. I went to Eldorado. I went to the Cueva. I actually played with our coach. He was my coach growing up. Steve, Steve Pamela was my coach growing up. When the school at Arizona, and actually the guy who got me into was Steve Green. Actually owned the team in 2006, I believe. 2005. It's called the New Mexico Banditos. Uh, they used to play in the PSL league. Uh, it's still around, but the semi-pro league. He got me into it. Went to college. Played some college ball. Came back. I actually stopped playing for three years. It was completely cold turkey. Hung up the boots. I didn't touch a soccer ball for three years. And one day, I just kind of missed it. I woke up and I was like, damn, something's missing. And I woke up started training. And moved to Colorado Springs. Uh, that's where I met my coach, Tom Wells. He helped me kind of get into what I'm doing now. And uh, he, he saw something in me. Pushed me to work harder and harder. I uh, went, and then I went to another team called Bighorns, Chuck Estrada. He's a good coach, too. He helped me get on to the U.S. national team. Uh, I went to go do a tryout. The coach liked what I did. I toured with them in the summer three years ago. Uh, and after that, they made me to go to World Cup in Tunisia to represent the U.S. in the World Cup in Tunisia for 77 and uh, indoor soccer, which that was cool. And then shortly after that, I got my first con uh, professional contract with the Kansas City Comets which is a legendary uh, team in the league, an MASL league. Um, and after that, I got called Justin Sells from the Albuquerque Soul. I also played with the Albuquerque Soul for two years. Justin Sell called me and asked me to come up and help the team out with my experience. And uh, uh, so I came up to Albuquerque and uh, actually the coach for the Blizzard, or they were called the Blizzard, but the Rumble. Um called me and told me that Andres was making a team that I should call him and see what's up. And maybe I can help him out and give him a good direction. And I talked to Andres, gave him a phone call. Uh, we met and had some coffee. We talked and from that we just went on. We found Coach Steve Miller, which has been a great asset to the team. Uh, just kind of helped them out with the league, like how, like how the league works, how the rules work. Because it was totally different. No one really knew what was going on because we play indoor in Albuquerque. But it's not real indoor. It's just call it because it's inside the building. But they don't play real rules of the three lines, the five-second rules. So we had to learn all that at first. It was a learning stone. And so that's kind of what my role is with the team and how I can go across with Andres. And ever since then, I just kind of fell over the club. Right. So I did do a little bit of homework before we got on here. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, but you are the assistant goalkeeper coach as well? Yeah, I'm the assistant. So, I'm assistant coach. I, if coach gets thrown out the game, we have a man in Philly. But if he gets thrown out the game too, then I go on to it. So, I'm also a player coach team. Just because I'm experienced from playing for so long at such a high level that I kind of knew what was going on and when to call timeouts. Because there's certain time to call timeouts. There's certain times to do power, certain times to do different things in the game. And I feel like they just felt like I knew what I was doing at the time. So, and, and I, I don't like tell the players what they do or anything. It's more just to ensure that, that if it coaches and there that I'm running practice or if no one shows up that I'm running the practice. Just because things happen in life, you never know. You know what I mean? 
and they know that I make them do a product practice for indoor because indoor and outdoor soccer practice is totally different. It's like day and night. Right. Um, so can you tell everyone what it is like playing in a state that's not really familiar with the sport, such as soccer? I mean, everyone's grown up as Lobos football, Lobo basketball. There wasn't really a higher level soccer club until New Mexico United came around. And obviously with you guys coming in, that helps out the cause a little bit more. But can you tell everyone what it's like playing in a state not really familiar with the sport? And what what is it about New Mexico and the runners that lured you away from the legendary team, the Kansas City Comets? Um, honestly, I grew up playing soccer in New Mexico, and that was my biggest thing is that by growing up, there's nothing. It was UNM, and I would get to watch. It was just UNM and then get on the ESPN and miss this uh, lunch so we can watch soccer. So my thing I I came out of here, I got taught by some great coaches in Albuquerque, and I was just like, I just want to come back and just kind of give back what they gave to me when I was growing up. And I thought that was a great thing. United came in, they killed it, we came in, we're doing a good job. Um, like I said, New Mexico's just now waking up to soccer. We're at least 10 years behind from any other state in the in the country. But with United, it made it seem like we've been in the soccer community forever, and it really hasn't. Growing up in Albuquerque, soccer wasn't very popular sport. I would play and make fun of, like, be called names because no one really, like, knew soccer. Like, soccer was for girls is what they would say. But tables that turned, and now everybody loves it. I love how people are, like, fed into it, are really passionate about the sport. We honestly, we probably have the best fans, indoor, outdoor, in any sport. We probably have the best fans, the best followers. And I follow quite a few teams, and I got quite a few followers in different states because of where I played. And I still believe that New Mexico has probably one of the best fans base, period. I I love playing here, like I said. Uh, I played in Colorado. The atmosphere is nothing like it is in New Mexico. Even if I ever moved from Albuquerque or moved away from, I would make it personally to make it to my games, to make it to practice. That's how much I like this or love this team and love the state as, as a whole. I mean, it does go to speak. I mean, you living in Farmington, you driving to Rio Rancho just to play the sport that you love. I mean, yeah, that- exactly. And, and like I said, it's not really a tour. I love it. I do it for I do it for myself, and I do it for the fans to keep them like hopes so high at this time of need. You know what I mean? Like, we don't. We're not gonna have a season, I don't think. Which I'm crossing my fingers because we really need something like this. But with what's going on, I I, I don't see it happening. Right. Um. So with you being the first signed player to a brand new club, um, so essentially you're put in the likes of Devin Sandoval, who is a phenomenal player. You're putting the likes of Devin Sandoval being the first player signed to a brand new club. What was your expectation? And what was it like knowing that USL legend Steve Famigliera was going to be the head coach? Uh. So, first player signed, it was, it was pretty awesome. Actually, a lot of people don't know this, but Devin and I played high school high school ball together. Me and Devin go way, way, way back. Uh, so, it was, it was pretty cool that him and I both got to do that. That was always our dream to kind of represent New Mexico. He's representing him in the outdoor and representing him indoor, which it was really cool to see that happen, that we both got to do dreams that we wanted to in our own special way, in our own different way. Uh, 
And then with Steve Pamoletta, when I first talked to, uh, to Andres, we didn't even have a coach. I was signed before we even had a coach. And actually, I found Steve. The Steve had told me how much he had played indoor and how he loved it. And I called him and told Andres, Andres, we got to call coach. You got to call this guy Steve, man. This guy's right here. He's gonna, you're going to love him. He's just a great person. He's all right, let's set it up. And in certain minutes, Andres already had his decision made. He's just a great guy, great person. I wouldn't trade my coach for anybody, honestly. He's not even my coach. He's more of a mentor. He's a life coach. He literally, if I have a problem, I call him and he answers me and gives me great advice. If I'm having a shitty day and I can't figure it out, I call coach or I call him. It's just it's like a love about it, about it in New Mexico. And New Mexico, it's all a family. Same with the runners, all a family. Like, I respect more, coach more than I respect anybody else in the world, besides my parents, of course. And I respect Andres for everything that he's done for us. I mean, he puts a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of non-sleep nights people don't understand about, or he gets an hour of sleep and then he has to get back up because he has to go do something else. And people don't realize that. And uh, I do thank them, and I'm very thankful for having both of them. I mean, Steve, uh, as you can tell, he's a Hall of Fame in the indoor and the USL. Like, what an honor to have someone like like. It's just great to have people like that in Mexico and great to that people are knowing that they have done great things in soccer. Right. Yeah, it's it also like I said, I Steve when I was younger, so right. It also helps out with the new team having someone that's already established. They have an establishment in the USL, they have the establishment in indoor soccer. So it's it's easy to kind of lure people into a new club when you have expertise going into it you have all the lights and glamour to it as well um exactly so last season when 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 all the new signings happened um were there any players that were signed last season that you were most excited about playing alongside and that you kind of lobbied to get into um honestly i like all my teammates um like i said i'm a local and i get along with all of them we have all like a special bond i bond with all my teammates like in one way or another i make sure i bond with them and I make sure I connect with them. But I think my favorite sign from last. So my favorite sign for the first year was uh, Chiba Rodriguez, uh, Pacheco, and then my buddy Mario, Mario Matute. They, the Mario Matute had ever played in, actually he, he came with me from Colorado, which was pretty cool. I called him, hey, bro, we're making a team. Come down and play with us. And he was a hell yeah, and he believes in my system, and he believes in me. He's one of my best friends, and which that was really cool that my best friend could come and play with me. We came and picked him up, and he's been on the team for two years. And then last year, my favorite pickup either has to be Justin White or it has to be Froy. Justin White, he's, he works his ass off, and he's just so – he's a funny guy on and on build. And then I love Froy's work ethic. Froy works really hard. He always motivates the people. When he got injured, he was still at practice every single day, still doing his thing. Like most people don't just don't show up, you know what I mean? And he just kept showing up every day. And I was just like, damn, that is a great person and a great player and a great leader. Um, same with our captain, Pat. Pat sacrificed a lot. He's from Dallas, family issues, this and that. But he still made it work and he was a great role model. He was always positive. Like I said, we're all a family and we all work together. Chiva had played uh, professionally indoor in Mexico with Raza. A lot of people don't know that. And he's had a lot of experience with it as well. So I got lucky to meet him through the runners. And that was another one of my favorite ones. So 
like I really don't have a favorite as you can tell. I can't really pick one because they all have a special place in my heart. Every single guy on my team, they're not really guys or one of my brothers, to be honest. Right. Like we we'll all get all together. I call my buddy Dickie. Everybody knows Dickie Gandaria. We'll call him. We'll play some Call of Duty, or I call him Madrid. We'll play some Call of Duty or something. Like we're always still, even if we're not playing right now, we're always interacting with each other and keeping in touch, making sure we're all okay, make sure that we need anything to call each other. So it's pretty awesome. Like I said, I can't really pick one here, to be honest. Right. Which is good. Um, so looking back at your pretty young career, I mean, you haven't, you don't have oodles and oodles of years of experience. What yep. is one highlight that stands out? in your career more than any other highlight that you have? I actually have two of them. The day that I got the call to go to the World Cup with the U.S. national team, and then – actually, there's three. And then the, I got to play against my favorite goalkeeper, Daniel Waldman, against Tacoma Stars. And then the one I'll probably never forget is when I played in Milwaukee New Year's Eve at a sold-out stadium at 15,000 people. And you couldn't even hear yourself scream. Probably one of the best games I ever had. Yeah, so I really don't got one of those. I have a couple of them. Right, and all of those are perfect. I mean, World Cup being being called up to the World Cup is an incredible feat in itself. I mean, each of those has its own steps into incredibleism, if that's even a word now. Um, so right. <laughs> Yeah. Moving into current times, I mean, obviously, we're doing this remotely. You're up there in Farmington. I'm down here in Moyarty. Um, we're good four hours away from each other. Um, yep. Okay, so your 2019-2020 campaign came to a screeching halt in March when the pandemic struck New Mexico and pretty much shut you down, um, as well as everything else. I mean, restaurants were shut down, hotels, everything was shut down. No sports at home. Um, what are you doing to stay fit and what advice would you give to younger players that are essentially in the same boat as you and the New Mexico runners, not being able to play the game that you love so much? Um, so before the pandemic happened, uh, I was already kind of gaining weight. I was kind of getting depression. Uh, I, my, actually, my lady had moved to Farmington for a job and I was always worried about her. Of stress eating, I guess. And then the pandemic happened, and then just hit even harder, and I gained a bunch of weight. Um, I got to 240, which was pretty bad. Um, moved to Farmington, kind of got myself together. I started doing CrossFit, started doing – started with half a mile run, then went to a mile, then two-mile run, and then I started adding a bike to it. I'm at 10 miles a day on the bike, three miles running. I do the Stairmaster for about 15 minutes a day. And then I do the rower for 10 minutes a day, and I've lost about 50 pounds. Um, I still go out and play when I can. I mean, I have a park and I have some balls and goals, and I still shoot and do my drills outside when I can. But I mean, the crossfit in the gym has really just been helping me out and staying focused every day. I mean, I'm training to for it to stop, I guess, for the tennis stuff. So whenever we get the call to go back, I'm ready to go. I don't want to be playing catch up like I felt like I was last year. Um, but yeah, I just say just keep grinding, hit the gym, don't let this stop you from doing training. You need a couple buddies, you need to do this uh social distance, just kicking the ball to each other is not even that hard. Even just going by yourself to the park and shooting at the net for a couple couple minutes, you know what I mean? Just stay active pretty much what I gotta say before all this. When the first pandemic happened, 
Uh, I didn't do any activities whatsoever. I sat home and played video games all day. Literally just sat and ate and drank beer all day and just kind of let myself go. And that's the biggest thing I tell people. Don't just get, don't let yourself go. Just stay in shape, stay maintained. Even if it's just 30 minutes on the bike or just going outside for a walk. Like, don't let the depression get to you. That's honestly what it is. It's not even really staying in shape. It's just all mental. That's what it came down to me. It's not like, oh, I'm getting older. I'm probably one of the oldest guys on the team. And that was my other biggest thing. I was like, I got to be better shape. Last year, I was kind of struggling. And I got to kind of get myself back into shape with the younger guys. And that's kind of what I did. I, I feel like this is probably the best shape I've ever been in with the runners, honestly. I was not a big runner. You can ask anybody on the team. I absolutely hate running. I crushed a run, and I would dread it the whole time. I tried to avoid to run, and now I absolutely love it, which is totally weird. Because even my lady and couple buddies like, are you trying to play forward? Are you trying to do something different? And I'm like, you never know. Because I played in college. A lot of people don't college. I played forward. I actually was a goal scorer, um, but I was a goalkeeper growing up. So it just kind of mixed together. That's why I love indoor so much. I get a little bit of both. But yeah, but I would tell the younger generation, even people are trying to do their goal, because I know a couple of people that have reached out and want to try for the runners. And then in their older ages, um, just they just keep training and working. We're still going to be around for the, if we don't have 2020, 2021, 2021, we'll have 21, 22 going on. Uh, hopefully everything starts cleaning up by then. And just keep training that we're still around. Like I said, never stop grinding. Right. Um, so that actually brings me to my next question. What is it like? What's the mentality right now prepping for an upcoming season with the current pandemic with the possibility of not playing any games at home and now not being able to play at all? I mean, there's a good possibility there's not even a season. Um, my motivation is just it's going to get better. It's going to get better. My thing is, there's always going to be a season. There's going to be a season, even if it doesn't happen now, but when I do get the call, hey, we're going to start training this day. I'm already on my head. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm in shape. Like, you don't got to worry about me. It's kind of my mentality right now. And I feel like we've done so good the last two years that this year, when we ever get to start, we need to make playoffs. And I feel like this will be the year. We all understand what's going on, how the game really works, what the goals are how we were going to work as a team we all understand the system now so i just feel like we're just we're honestly every single one of us are all working out right now like we all each other i got sponsored by a search by this uh, protein or supplement company called search supplement and a bunch of buddies have on the team have called me to help ask me if i can send them some pre-workouts everybody's working out. everybody's still training even though we're not training as a team together everybody's still doing their own thing right now trying to stay at least physically shape and then we can just get our touches, like riding a bike. Once you get a couple of touches in, it's, it's muscle memory, and we could, should be good to go. But we're all still working hard. We all, like I said, we work over a family. We all talk to each other once a week, at least catch up. I call coach at least once a week on a contest, at least times a week. <laughs> he probably puts me on mute sometimes, so much I call him. But we're a family. We just kind of help each other out. Like I said, we're just a family. That's all I keep saying. So are there like team meetings going on that you guys hop on Zoom? I mean, obviously Zoom has been the new way of life. Um, are you guys having like team meetings, trying to get to feel each other out some more, trying to interact and build that morale while not being a not being able to gather in mass gather, gathering in mass? I don't know if a lot of people know this, but our coach got double knee surgery right when the pandemic happened. So he got double knee surgery, and he's been needing a lot of help. Um, with doing the, his, he owns a farm and he has horses. Bill calls, 
and we'll wear a mask and we'll go make sure coach is good. Uh, we'll help him around the farm, move some stuff around, build for him. Like that's the way we kind of, we still helped him out because he went through that surgery and thank God he's even a little bit better and getting better every single day. Uh, but that's the way we kind of communicate. Uh, we do have a group me. We talk to the group me. We all have each other on Snapchat. We, we just kind of try to make it work how we can. We really have like set meetings. But our, what we call set meetings or when we help our coach out at, at his house that he's going through this hard time with the pandemic going on top of it. So that's kind of crazy. So, but yeah, that's, that's our, that's our meetings is we go see coach. We help him out around his farm and his family. We love Kelly as well as wife. They're awesome people. They've, they've taken care of us. Like, like I said, like with our kids, <laughs> which is awesome. But yeah, that's how we communicate. And the way we kind of stay with our group is, is that way. Social media. What is your ultimate goal? Um, so obviously you're the goalkeeper of New Mexico Runners, um, and a pretty good one at that. Um, what is your ultimate goal in the future? I mean, five, seven years from now, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself taking the step up to USL? Do you take a chance on MLS? What what's what's the mindset? So my mindset actually, I just take it year by year, honestly. Um, my first goal is to make playoffs with the runners and then win a championship with the runners. Um, I did sign a four-year deal with them. I am with them for four years, and I'm happy to do the four years. But I'm looking forward. Well, my goal is I can't play forever. I have another goalkeeper. His name is Don. Don is an absolutely phenomenal goalkeeper. He just lacks the experience is what I always tell me. Just like experience, and that's all it is. Um, but my goal is to get him to my level. So that way, when I finally say, all right, I'm going to hang up. Because honestly, I'll probably end up retiring with the runners, to be honest. I'll probably give it until I'm probably 38. That's probably when I'll retire. <laughs> I probably pretty much forget myself that number. Uh, started at 28, started at 38. Um, but I just want to make sure that Dom gets the right experience and just keeps going what we're doing with the team. Uh, like I said, I can't play with the team forever. Dom's getting better and better as the years go by. Uh, but my goal ultimately is either coach the runners or be the coach of the runners if Steve no longer can do it. Because um, I know what we're doing. I know what Sundress is looking for. And uh, I, I want to stay with the club. I love the club. Like I said, it's like my family. Like, I, I got offers from other teams, and, and I have. Even the pandemic, if we weren't going to play at other teams playing, I, I was going to, I was going to do it. But then I was like, what if I get hurt? What if I get injured? Then I put my my team into the jersey. So my focus is on the runners and runners only. Like, I see myself playing with them. Say I say, I did four years. I'll end up playing for long, longer than that. Or until Andres or Coach lets me play, honestly. Or until my body lets me. But the ultimate goal is either become a coach for the runners make sure that our backup goalie is good so that way when I agree, they're not worried because it's hard to find an indoor goalie. It's really, really, really hard to find one. So when you have one, you kind of try to keep him and cherish him. And I feel like Dom is one of those guys that I want to keep around because he's really good goalkeeper. Like, really, really good. He's just young. That's what it is. I say probably – honestly, I think in two years he can probably take my spot. Like, or even next year, I think he can take my spot, to be honest. He's, he's that good. He's a good shot stopper. He's good. He's getting better. He's really quiet. He's very like shy, but we're getting him out of his shell. He's getting as years go by. The first year he didn't say a word. This year he at least spoke and talked, which is awesome. And we see it element, and that's what I like about him. That he listens and listens to code, listens to everybody, listens to sort of Captain Paddle tell him something, and he'll listen and do it. Like he's just he's a he's a sponge. He just sucks everything in and he 
it, it retains it. It's awesome. That's that's what my goal my ultimate goal is to help the runners keep succeeding like they are and to make playoffs and actually bring the championship into New Mexico. Right. Well, I have no other questions. I appreciate all your time. Um, what we do want to start doing here, and we did it with Andres too, um, we want to give you the floor. We want you to be able to say what you feel, say what you want. Um, we do ask that you keep it kind of PG. Um, there are some kids that listen to the show. Um, so with that, with all that being said, Casey, the floor is yours. Um, I just want to thank all of my, all our fans here, the new ones, the ones that started day one. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have what we have now. So all your support is what really makes the runners runners. And we are a family because of you guys. And I keep saying family because that's really what we really are. We are a family team. We're a family. We're a family everything. We're, we give to the community. Call me. Someone's one of the players. And they need help. We're there to help them out. Or they need someone to show up for an event. We'll show up for an event without questions asked. Um... Uh, I want to thank Andres for everything that he's done for the team. Honestly, Andres, uh, Andres doesn't get enough credit like he should. Andres is very uncredited. He he doesn't do much, but that that man works his butt off. He helps the community out. He helps the New Mexico games. He helps market it. He helps market it. He, he's just trying to help everybody in New Mexico, and that's what I like about him. That he's very New Mexico pride. Um, so I want to tell him thank you for everything he's done. I also want to thank our coach, Steve. I know he's been through a hard time right now as well. Uh, it, it, this one kind of hurts me because like that he's like my other dad. I call him for whatever. It's kind of hard to know that he's going through surgery. But I know he's getting through them. It's good. And I like to see that he's happy. His wife there. So it's good. So I want to do a shout out to him. Thank you for everything you've done. And thank you for all the sacrifice that you and your have done. Uh, and to all my teammates, too, thank you for all the sacrifices you've done for the last two years. I mean, without them, we, we wouldn't have a good team or a team that is a family team. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they this, this is a family. And I, I absolutely and I probably won't ever switch teams. Um, I also want to thank my sponsor, Outlook Gloves. They've been with us since day one. They've given out so many gloves to my goalkeeper, to the runners community. Throughout the country, they just we just give out so much to them, and uh, they've always helped us out. So I want to do a shout out to Outlaw, Outlaw Gloves. Um, I also want to thank Santa Star Center for letting us have our games there. I mean, if it wasn't for that facility, we wouldn't have a place to play. Um, I'm just very thankful for everything that's going on, even though we're we're in a shitty or in a bad place right now in the world. I mean, we can always look forward. That's what I'm doing now. I'm not really, oh, we don't have a season. That's fine. We'll be a season sooner or later. So I don't look at the negativity. I look at the positivity. And that's, I think, the entire team is right now. Our firm, my main concern right now is to get healthy so you can be with us on the bench and be yelling at us. That's my main concern. And I keep talking about him like that because like, I love the man. The man's a great coach, a great role model. I mean, he's all of him in the cell. I mean, there's nothing bad to say about him, honestly. Same with Andres. I mean, I keep talking about it because they do so much for us. It's, it's crazy. Like, you don't think about it, the little things like that. But those guys bring us together and they make us who we are. 
and I'm very appreciative for everything they've done. And I want to thank everybody from the Mitchell Runners, from the staff, from the ball boys, from the people getting our lockers ready. I just want to thank the entire establishment for doing that and doing things that they shouldn't even have to be doing for us sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, you guys do more than you should have to. And I'm very thankful. And I know us as a team, we're thankful for everything we've done. And as players, we're thankful that we have someone to play. Like, if there's something like this to play New Mexico, so I think Andres again, I'm going to keep thanking him for bringing indoor soccer in It needs something different. It needs to grow. Indoor is so much fun. It's, if you like hockey and you like soccer and you like basketball and you like football, it's all combined together. To be honest, you get checked into the board, fast pace, high high scoring intensity. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's so much fun. I, I feel like it's more entertainment. I mean, if you've never been to a runner's guys. And this is the first time you've ever seen it or seen me. You guys are missing out. It's a fun action. It's nonstop. You win full prizes. You win money. There's laser shows. There's always events. You have real, good old real. You know, you love him. Um, you know how that goes. So, yeah, I just want to thank everybody. I'm very thankful for what we have. That's pretty much all I have to say. And hopefully you have a season and everybody stays safe and healthy. I wear a mask. I know they're annoying. I complain about them all the time, but I wear them on in public. I just do my little part that I can. That's it. Stay safe, guys. Thank you for everything. All right, Casey. Well, we appreciate your time. We will not take any more of your weekend. Um, to the fans that are listening, we do appreciate everything that you guys have given us. I mean, we are by fans, for fans. So without you, we are nothing. With that being said, Casey did emanate the fact that he loves Coach Steve. He loves Andres. Uh, we do too. And with that being said, we are planning on two weeks from tonight. So that will be not tonight. So the 28th, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we are planning on interviewing Coach Steve himself. We do have that in the works right now. If something were to change, we will let you know. But as it stands right now, November 28th, we have a special interview again with Coach Steve, USL legend, USL Hall of Famer, indoor coaching Hall of Famer. Enough can't be said about him. Um, so with that being said, we appreciate you guys' time and have a good night. been listening to suncast the official podcast of somos unidos news all of our shows are recorded live from albuquerque and los lunas new mexico are written and produced by seth bidoff and jacob terrell and are edited by seth special thanks to jeff too on youtube for the music you hear in every episode all episodes are recorded and edited using clean feed and audacity all of our shows are proudly hosted on pinecast